Pastor Mike McCoy, welcoming you to the Time of Truth. Philippians chapter number 2. Philippians chapter number 2. We got seven to go. We're ever going to see 25. It'd be good to see somebody. I don't know if everybody's here saved tonight or not. If you're not, I hope you get saved tonight. It'd be good. Everybody looks saved to me, but I don't know. God knows. Philippians chapter 2, verse number 12. If you found that, shout amen for me. Wherefore, my beloved, as ye have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence. Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God which worketh in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure. Do all things without murmurings and disputings. Do all things without murmurings and disputings. That ye may be blameless and harmless, the sons of God, without rebuke in the midst of a crooked and perverse nation among whom ye shine as lights in the world. Holding forth the word of life that I may rejoice in the day of Christ that I have not run in vain neither labored in vain. Father, I love you. Thank you for this night, for this place, for Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Thank you for that name. Thank you for a brand new home one day. Praise the Lord. And, and the heavens looking sweeter all the time. And I know these mansions over there according to the word of God. But God, we're still here. We're doing your work. We're trying to be effective for the cause of the kingdom. So fill my mouth, guard my tongue, preach me to your glory. Feed your people with the word of God tonight. Use this place, God, to, for the benefit of the kingdom. If there be a lost soul here tonight, save them. God, uh, do what you do through me this night. I'll praise you for all that's done. I ask it in my Jesus' name. Amen. And amen. Here's my thought on these passages. An, an, an expository message somewhat using these five verses right here. I want to preach on simple salvation. Simple salvation. We have in this book, we have, we have in chapter one, we have the example of Christ. We have that in chapter one. Then we have the exaltation. He is exalted in chapter two. We have Paul in chapter 1, he's the soul winner. But in chapter 2, he's the servant. We need to understand the things, the layout of this particular book. Something about Philippians, you know this. Uh, it, it, uh, Paul's in a pretty bad place when he writes this letter to us. And so with that in mind, it means a little more. Now, I want to use these verses right here as quick as I can tonight. Verses, with verse number 12, Paul says, Wherefore, my beloved, as ye have always obeyed, 
not as in my presence only. In other words, the preacher's not there and they're still doing what they're supposed to do. He said, but now much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. Paul said, I can't be there to hold your hand, but in my absence, you're doing a better work than in my very presence. Now, a lot of that is this, that in the absence of Paul, somebody had to step up. Hey, Paul, they couldn't just stay there where they were. But number one concerning this verse tonight is this. I want us to consider this, that it's a personal salvation. It's not a, it's not a religious salvation. It is not a denominational salvation. It is not a family salvation. It's not a grandpa or grandma salvation. It's a personal salvation. You work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. You work it out. Nobody else can work mine out. It doesn't say work to be saved. It said work because you are saved. You can't work out What's not on the inside? If it's not inside you, it's impossible to work it out. Some struggle with a lot of things, struggling over this or that. I'm telling you, if it's in there, you you are capable of working it out. So it's a personal salvation. Everyone in this room tonight, if you haven't had... A personal experience. I'm going to pick on Melanie just a little bit. She's here tonight. I asked her point blank, have you really been saved? She said, no, not really. Praise God for honesty today. No, not really. Would you like to be? Yes, we come right here, this spot. I prayed, she cried out to God, and now it's personal to her. I couldn't give it to her. God gave it to her. Concerning his personal salvation, number one, it is a gift. It's a gift. Salvation's a gift. Many, anyone that don't have it is simply this. Brother David, they just wouldn't take the gift. Don't you get above this. You can't give it to them. It's personal, but you can't give them salvation. For by grace, Ephesians 2, 8, 9, and 10. For by grace are we saved through faith. For by grace are we saved through faith. It is what? It's a gift of God. So by grace are you saved through faith, that not of yourself. It's a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. So it is a gift. Faith, grace is a gift, but faith is also a gift. It takes both parts of the equation to equal salvation. He has dealt to every man the measure of faith. It is by the faith of Jesus Christ. It's not by my faith. Now I enact. The faith that's in me. I'm going to prove that in just a moment. But it is the gift, simple salvation, personal salvation. It's the gift. It is a gift. 
I'm working on a message. I'm going to call it regifting. That's a gift. That's what he gave you, Bubba. He gave you that. He gave you grace. He gave you faith to believe it. You did. You enacted on that by taking it and being born into the family of God by the Spirit of God. You can't place yourself in the family of God. It takes the Holy Ghost to put you in the body. You can't put yourself in the body. Water doesn't put you in the body. The Holy Ghost, baptized by one spirit, we're Brother Junior into what? One body. So there we are. It is a gift. But it, sometimes we just stop right there. Salvation is simple, but it's more than a gift. It's got to be this. Look, God gave me this this afternoon. It's the gift, yes. For, and, and let me finish. We're created in his workmanship. Yeah. But it's not just a gift, but it is this. It's the growing. It's the growing. Now, here's where people fall off the truck. They say, they wouldn't act like that if they were saved. I'm going to challenge you right here for a moment. I'm going to challenge you. I've got a little boy that I love with all my heart named Colin. And he just don't do everything he's supposed to do. He needs to. I asked Dusty about something the other day. I said, how's the boy? He's been spanked twice tonight. He's doing real good. Why is that? Is that is he not still his son? You better know that's his son. That's why he's the one doing the spanking. I told him the other night, I said, he said, well, boy got up. Him and Joe best slept in every bed in the house and on the couch. I think they was everywhere all night long. Said they'd sleep here a while over there. I said, I said, son, he's a little boy. He won't be a little boy long. He won't be a little boy long. Now, if we eat, if we feed ourselves, I've seen some malnourished children that was 11 and 12 years old. They've been starved by, by heathen parents. They're not parents, heathens, just heathens. Leave the parent off. They've been starved by them, and they look like a, they look much, they're just pitiful, but they've not developed. You know why? Because they didn't eat. Are you getting the picture? We desire the sincere milk of the word that we may what? Grow thereby. So it's not just the gifting of simple salvation. If we're going to work this out, we receive the gift, but we got to grow in this thing. We grow in the grace and the A plus of the Lord Jesus Christ. So we grow in the grace, grow in grace. That's good. And in the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. So in in, in verse 12 here, we see it's a personal salvation. It's a gift. And then, number two, there's an expectation of growing once we receive that gift. Verse number 13. For it is God which worketh in us, worketh in you, both to will and to do of his good pleasure. So it's not only a 
personal salvation, but if you're growing, it's a pleasing salvation. It's to the good pleasure of God. When you watch your children, every time they could accomplish something else, you just beam with pride. Remember the first time they sped themselves? You realized, I'm not going to have to stick that spoon in their mouth anymore. I'm going to have to clean the mess up. But they're capable of feeding their self. And once they learn how to do that, you don't ever have to do that anymore. You prepare it, and you put it before them, but they're going to they they dig in. You saw them when they took the first steps. You saw them when they drove off in the car. Man, I'm telling you, times have changed. I was 13 years old. My dad used to say, hey, boy, haul the trash off. <laughs> Had the old Plymouth. I'd go up to the dumpster, have the trunk full of trash. Go up to the dumpster, sit there, power break that thing, them old polys. I mean, lighten them up. It had smoke. You couldn't see nothing but smoke. I could barely see over the steering wheel. Don't do that, boys. Ask me if I can drive. Can you drive? I've been driving since I could see over the steering wheel. And I can burn the tires off that thing. Daddy would have beat me to death if he'd have known that. I guess he wondered why them tires didn't last. <laughs> Much long. Letting the boy haul the trash off is a problem. But you watch them grow. They, get to, they develop this. They do that. You see them. When Dusty graduated from college, I was proud as punch of that boy. I mean, proud as punch. And two things concerning this pleasing salvation. One is that it'll be in the will of the Father. Romans 12, you probably knew where I was going with that. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service and be not conformed to this world but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind that you might prove what is that good and acceptable perfect will of God that's the pleasing will to the Father right there presenting ourselves and this is all included in simple salvation but it's not just the will of the Father but it's also this If we're listen it's a work of faith James 2, man may say, I have works and thou hast faith. He said, show me your faith without your works. I'll show you my faith by my works. That's what I'll do. I'll show you my faith by my works. Faith without works is dead. So if we're going to please the Father, it'll be, it'll be within his will and it'll be a working faith. Now, that's part of working out your own salvation with fear and trembling. I don't want to fail him. I have, I, 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 I have failed him a bunch. But I don't want to fail him. I wish I could stand and boast tonight and say it never failed him. You know what this is? 
halo finder, Jim McComas. No halos here. I always said, but we're still, my faith is working. Your faith's working. You're in church tonight, singing praise to the king, singing the songs of Zion, hearing the word of God. Faith cometh by hearing, hearing by the word of God. We're growing in grace and knowledge every time we pick that book up and read it right there. This is an active faith. This is working faith. You come to church tonight, somebody saw your car in the parking lot. Hey, you drove to church. You come in the building. I'm looking at you. I see you here. You're working your own salvation out. Huh? You, may be, you may get the plan God has for you tonight. Billy Fields come and preached a, on a message here at Revival one time and preached on the stream drying up. I had four people quit the church. They said, we decided the stream's not here no more. I said, thanks, Bill. <laughs> I'm glad they found their stream. Listen, you won't accomplish the work God has for you until you find the vineyard you're supposed to be in. I'm not going to stay on that long. I'm going down to verse number 14. Do all things without murmurings and disputings. I've complained before. But I'll tell you what this salvation is. It's not only personal and it's not only pleasing, it's a pleasing salvation, but it's this, it's a positive salvation. Number one, he said to desire, 1 Corinthians 14 and 1, he said desire spiritual gifts. So it should be our desire to have spiritual gifts, to do the work, and be positive about what we do. Nothing worse than somebody complains all day at work. I've worked with some of them. It wouldn't matter if I gave them a raise every week, they'd still complain about it. It didn't matter what they asked them to do, they'd be mad because they asked them to do something. I've told this here before, but it just come to my mind. I was working one day, I'd been working with this boy, and I worked as an outside contractor with Galloway. He worked for the, for the plant, and I'm working there. And he's, I'm telling you, I never heard such whining in my life. Finally, I looked at him, I said, Are you a Christian? He said, well, you know, I am used to revival when it got saved. I said, you don't act like a Christian. And he said, how one's supposed to act? And before I thought, I said, act like me. <laughs> oh, yeah. But I tell you, it's one of the best things I ever said. It didn't matter how bad the day was. If I could see that guy 50 yards away, I started saying amazing grace. I just picked up the pace. All you can see is my teeth, and I'm a happy boy. God said, I'll teach you to say that. Hey, I'll keep that guy around you a while, and you'll be a cheerful fella. Every time you, every time you step into your workplace... You're in your mission field. You can say, I'm not a teacher, preacher, singer, so I don't, I don't do much. And you come. You come. 
you come. And at Hillview over in Morgan County, the sign on the church said, we come in to worship. And there's a big sign as you went out and said, we go out to serve. I like that. I'd say that sign's still hanging there. What is it? But it's that desire. It's that desire to do what you do. It's easy to get tired. Uh, listen, I've been tired in the way, but I haven't been tired of the way. Amen. And there's nobody living that never got tired in the way. Amen. That's why Jesus told the disciples, he said, come here and sit and rest a while. It's desire, but, but here's, here's, here's one. Positive salvation is not only desired, but it's our, we serve our duty. It's our duty. Paul said in Romans 1, 9, he said, I serve with my spirit. That means the innermost, everything he's got. You know what that is? That's positive salvation right there. So I, we were in the break room one time. Brother Roger Buck told me a story. This fellow come in, and his old truck, he's late for work about two days a week. He come in, this is before your time, Tom. We're going way back now. And, and this guy's come in, and he's, he's late for work. And he said, why are you late? I tried a sorry piece of junk I drive. Wouldn't start. Had to get somebody to come boost me off. And he's wanting something every day. About three weeks later, he's in the break room, and this guy says, hey, you know anybody want to buy a good truck? <laughs> he said, a good truck? He said, it's not the one you was talking about the other weekend. Oh, yeah, yeah. He said, you couldn't give that truck away around here. Nobody's going to buy that truck. You've talked negative about it too long. People talk negative about their church and need to go somewhere else. Listen, this is a positive salvation. Don't do it with murmurings. Don't do it complaining. If you can't do it with everything you got and for the glory of the king, go where you can do it. It's a positive salvation. Two more I'll be done. Verse number 15. This verse spoke to my heart that that you may be blameless and harmless, the sons of God. This is tied with the verse prior to this. It's a continuing statement. That you're not doing it with murmurings and disputings. And this is why. That you may be blameless and harmless, the sons of God, without rebuke, in the midst of a crooked and perverse nation. I think we qualify for that. Among whom ye shine as lights... In the world. Matthew 5 and 16. Let your light so shine before men. That they may see your good works. And glorify the Father. Which is in heaven. You know what that is? That's a proven salvation. It's not only positive. But it's proven. And it's proven in by what we do. They see you shining. They know what you got. But it's not just the shine. I'm going to park right here for just a moment. God gave me this. I mean, I changed. This all changed up on me before I come to church. It's not just the shine. We can come in here and everybody looks good. Everybody looks good in here tonight. I mean, hey, we got, we got, we took a shower and combed our hair. Come to church. We're doing good. 
it's a little, it's not hard to, it's not hard to shine outside those doors either because it's dark out there. It's not hard to shine out there. Dean talking to people at McDonald's. It's not hard to shine out there. But it's more than the shining, it's the sharing. It's the sharing. It's the, it's the little girl at IGA or Save-A-Lot or wherever you was the other day. It's the sharing. It's the lady at McDonald's that you share it with. It's, it's those that we speak with, and you don't have to be a theologian. The, the Lord said, go ye in all the world, uh, teaching them and baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. But if, if you can't go, you come and pay a tithe, and we send somebody. But then he did say in Luke, he said, hey, Go out into the highways and the hedges and compel them to come in that my house may be filled. So there's an expectation on us to at least invite them to church. And I've run more than one off. I know I have. One told me, said I, said I told him, said, well, he don't get too wild anymore. Said he used to, but said he's kind of calmed down a little bit and he's not too wild and the very day they come, I jumped up on a pew and was preaching like a crazy guy. And they said, if that's calm, I don't know about this place. They're just not used to, they're just not used to that kind of preaching. But there's other places that don't do it like this. But it's the, it's the shining, but it's the sharing that we can go out there. And you don't have to be a theologian. All you got to know is John 3.16. And give them that verse. Once you throw the seed of the word on them, it's the responsibility of the Holy Ghost to do something with it. I heard a semi-contemporary song today. I don't know if this is if this qualifies as contemporary or if this is a uh, if this is a country gospel. I, I really don't know what it'd fall under the head. But it, and some of you are going to know who I'm talking about when I say it. I never heard of the guy. Everybody talks to God. Has anybody heard that side of me? Well, well, we've got a couple over here, sir. Everybody talks to God. And it's and then in this song, it bless this bless me. And it, it goes along with this sharing. It said in the song, I'm on, I'm not gonna sing it, I can't, but the guy's sitting in a restaurant and he bows his head to pray. And as he's praying, the guy sitting next to him say, says, Hey, ain't you heard? You not watch TV? God's dead. There ain't no God. That's a myth. Well, the song goes on, goes like that. No boys are praying anyway. He raised up and said something. And the second verse says, and the guy got it. The guy got it about three red lights down the road. Sometimes it don't take long. When you put that, that handful of seed out there and throw it on them. It don't take the Holy Ghost long. When you throw it out there, then he's about, he's sitting ready to do his work. He's ready to do his work. He's just waiting on you. Now, he's not going to throw the word. He's going to guide you in all truth. That's what he's going to do. And he's waiting on you to throw the word. And when you do, he's going to swoop by and whispers to their heart. Nobody can speak to the heart like the Holy Ghost. That's the reason no man can come except God draw him. It takes the drawing power of the Holy Ghost. What is this, preacher? What is this? Glory to God. Listen, it's a positive salvation, but it's a proven salvation. 
We prove, we prove what we are by what we do. And listen, it's more than what we say. We got a lot of Facebook Christians today. Hallelujah. They're watching it on Facebook and they ain't they darkened the door of the house of God in a long time. And if they don't go anywhere else, I don't have a problem with that. And if they can't go, or if they're late, there's days that, thank God, after my back surgery, we had programs that I could watch church. I'm saying there's reasons, but there's never excuses. God never, except, but some people's got Facebook religion. They need Jesus, salvation is what they need. Holy Ghost salvation. You desire the fellowship of the brethren. You desire to be in the house of God. You desire this. Randy said the other day, this is my life. It's what I live for. But lastly today, verse number 16, I'm trying to hurry. It's a proven salvation. You proved your salvation. One of the greatest blessings I ever had is I can be somewhere and somebody will ask me, and I mean, I can have my overalls and my ball cap on. And they'll say, are you a preacher? And I say, as a matter of fact. Yes, holding forth the word of life. You got that in your hand right there. That I may rejoice in the day of Christ. That I have not run in vain, neither labored in vain. Two little things real quick. It's a purposeful salvation. It's, it's for purpose. And the purpose is this. Is that we run. Hebrew writers said it like this. Seeing we're compassed about. We're so great a cloud of witnesses. Let us run with patience. I don't have a lot of that. Tribulation works that. Let us run with patience the race that is set before us. So here's the thing. Matthew has a track. He's running. Dustin has a track. He's running. They have a lane on this track. They're in their lane. They're running their race. I can't run Jake's race. And he can't run mine. And it's not the old three-leg race. Remember that in school? They even do that anymore. You used to tie you together and you'd race. Uh, uh, somebody would probably get sued if they'd done that now. But you can't, you're not, you're not running with somebody or force, you're running for you. Running for the Lord. It's but you're in this race. And sometimes we're well rested and, and, and we can run. I mean, the wind's in our hair, the sky's clear, there's nothing on the track, and I mean, we're letting it go. We're, get back here with me, us old people, when we were kids. And we're running, and we got the wind in our face, and we're going. But then these other days, There's all kinds of obstacles on the track. And it'd be easier to get out of your lane. And I'll just go around, whoa, 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 don't, no. That's not your lane. 
Yeah, but Lord, there's something right here in my way. You stay in that trap. You stay in that lane right there. How am I going to get over this? Well, I'm going to help you over it. <laughs> Glory to God. I didn't put nothing out there in front of you. I'm not going to help you overcome. There's something in your lane. You don't think you can run down that road? Listen, my friend, the purpose, there's a purpose that thing's in your lane. And on them days when you do feel good and that lane's clear, you better run as hard as you can because it's not always a clear track. And we're running in that race, but it's also, it's, the purpose is to run, but it's also to this. Paul said that that ran in vain. You know why? Because it's not only the running, but it's the reward. It's the reward. Come, Ben. We don't, uh, we don't know why some people have what they have in their lane. I don't know why Randy's having to wear the camera around his neck. It's not a camera, it's a battery, but I'm making, I'm jesting a little. I don't know why Newt had to, First you had to endure the PET scan, but then they had an allergic reaction, apparently, to the, cat, to the contrast, and then he's itching all over. I don't know why families have trouble and sickness. It looks like some people's got more in their lane than other people's got. But I'll tell you a verse that applies to every Christian in the room tonight. Paul's a country boy. He said, for I reckon. I reckon the suffering of this present time is not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. We don't understand it. Hey, but there's coming a day we're going to know every answer to every question or maybe we just won't have any questions. It'll be good, but it'll be worth it. You don't know what your reward's going to be for the lane you're running in until you get to glory. Built that church up there, Brother Randall. And you left it and moved down here, but it's still going. Brother David and Sister Linda traveled all over this land. You, you people don't even know this. Traveled all over this land doing VBSs and kids' ministries and for years. Staying in motels that wasn't fit to sleep in and sleeping in the car and eating peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. 
But every time you was in one of them places, God marked her down. Everybody you ever done anything for may have already forgotten about it. But I'm telling you, praise God, if you've done it for His glory, He hasn't forgotten. He hasn't forgotten. We stand their feet tonight. Sister Jewel just plays on the piano. If you need to pray about something, it's a simple salvation. It's just you're a sinner and he's the Savior. It's that simple. And you work your own out and he helps you. We can do all things through Christ which strengthens us. While she plays, if you need to pray, you're welcome to come. Father, I love you. Thank you for helping. Pastor Mike McCoy, thanking you for joining us at the Time of Truth.